L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. You know, before they were legends of outlaw country, they were lost souls looking for their sound. Don't miss Mandy Moore and the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the Birth of Outlaw Country Music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the rise of Outlaw Country Music and its biggest stars. Hear how one woman's vision in her tiny living room, far from Nashville's Music Row, became the epicenter of a musical movement. Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in The Boar's Nest. Listen now at audible.com slash The Boar's Nest. This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines. Plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines. All on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. All right, we're about to uh, hop in with Ingrid Andrus and do a Bobby cast, a new artist I think you're going to like. I think she's cool. I actually talk in this interview about how I found her for the first time. And I believe, and this didn't come up in the show, the interview we were about to do with her, but I think I was her first interview. Yeah. Because, yeah, I think when she signed the deal, her, her record deal, I think we were the first interview she ever did because I, I called them. I was like, hey, I want her to come up. And they were like, sure, she'll come right up. She'll be there in 10 minutes or whatever. It wasn't that <laughs> quick. But she came up like the next day and then she crushed it. And I was like, hey, that's really good. She goes, yeah, it's my first one. I was like, oh, <laughs> wow, look at that. So uh, yeah, she's really cool. I think you're going to like her. Um, it was, it was uh, fun for me to do. Um, let me say real quick, you should check out Amy's Four Things with Amy Brown's uh, fantastic lifestyle, female health, a um, little bit of faith, a little bit of, of all of that. So uh, check that out. It's a really fantastic podcast. If you love Amy, just uh, give it a listen. Uh, Caroline Hobby has a fantastic podcast called Get Real with Caroline Hobby. Where one of her recent shows was her with Chris Daughtry's wife. And they talk about how not only they have an open relationship for a while, maybe they still do, but she had a girlfriend at one point. Yeah. Not just doing it, but had like a, a girlfriend while they were married. Yeah. A uh, pretty open and honest conversation, if that's your thing. She talks to a lot of the wives of country music stars. There's also one on the Get Real podcast where they do a live show with Luke Bryan's wife, uh, Caroline Bryan, and Philip Sweet's wife. Um, so Rebecca Sweet, which it's 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 good, it's so good. So check that podcast out. The guys have a sports show called the uh, Sore Losers. I mean, it's the whole thing's just rocking. Velvet's Edge with Kelly Henderson, a lifestyle podcast, uh, fashion. Uh, what it's like to be like mid-20s to mid-30s as a female. She, I, I'm about to have to run because she's about to be here. We are going over clothes for a photo shoot that's Monday. Okay. Some TV stuff I'm doing in Austin. And then we're starting to look at American Idol. Here we go. It's back at up. it again. I looked at my 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 bill because what happens is Idol gives me they don't pay for everything per item. They go, here is your budget. 
So, but when you agree to, a, to terms, like I agreed to a, a, a two-year deal with American Idol, it was actually a one-year deal, but they had the option to renew for a second year. So we, we did the first year. It was great. But they give you, as part of your deal, let's say $5. And they go, here's $5. And this is to cover your travel, your clothes, your hair and makeup, your everything, period. Like, this is just what it's going to be. Here's your money, but here's also your side. And uh, being honest, it was a lot. And I was like, holy crap. You're going to give me this much money? I'm going to keep, I'm just going to buy t-shirts and then keep it all. <laughs> uh, not the case because you can't. You can't wear anything twice. Um, and I overspent my budget. I couldn't believe it. But the most expensive thing on of everything, clothes, travel, was hair and makeup and styling. Wow. More so than clothes. Then, then the, and I buy my own clothes. I wish I was cool enough for people to give me clothes. Maybe this, maybe I might hit that threshold this year where, pe- where people are like, oh, well, Wear my stuff? Yeah, maybe. That's cool. We're hoping I can get something on that. Um, that's the goal. But it, and Kelly's here, but she's going to do, when I go back to Idol, the reason this comes up is I'm doing, she's coming with me the whole time for the first, up until December. So um, it's ex- expensive. <laughs> Holy crap, it's expensive. Collar tug. I was talking to someone the other day about, because it's, it's so, Kelly's the best at it, which is why, and she's not cheap either, but she's the best at it. And I was like, well, you get what you pay for. And Idol's giving me this money. I'm trying to budget it out. And I was talking to uh, somebody who does finances for, you know, some artists. And they were like, you know, some stylists can be like three, $4,000 a day. And I'm like, and that's not even the clothes? And even that's crazy? She's like, oh, wow. yeah, it could be more than that. And it's, my, mine isn't. And also, I'm a dude, so it's a little cheaper. But isn't that nuts? That's crazy. That's cr- So just not without clothes. Mm-hmm. Just and then you have to hire their assistant, too. Like, these stars that do like the CMA awards, mm-hmm. mostly females because they have the bad luck of having to pay more for their stuff. <sighs> crazy. It's crazy Man. how expensive that stuff is. But anyway, that's what I'm about to do. So I'm going to hit that. And then I got a spray tan tonight because I got some... <laughs> I, I, about every nine days I get a spray tan. If I were to calendar it because it's, just, it's going to about to be every five days once I get back on TV. Um, okay, well, I got to go spoken too much, too candidly about my routine. Uh, this is Ingrid Andrus. Anything I've forgotten, Mike D? That is it. Thank you. Come check out my comedy show, if you'd like. RagingIdiots.com. It's Eddie and myself. we got a bunch of uh, comedy and music. I play a work tape in the, in the next interview. Yeah. That we wrote, a song yeah. that we wrote. And uh, for the first time I've ever done that. All right, the end. I hope you enjoy this uh, podcast I did. Here is the next episode of the Bobbycast. And please share on your Insta story if you like it. Like if people, and, and I know people say this, but it really does mean a lot to me and people that, and like Mike D, that do podcasts. If you'll subscribe, great. But if you'll like rate it, that actually helps us move up. Yes. Where people actually see. So if you'll write a good rating and do like five stars and be like, it was the best podcast. I've heard every podcast, but this is the one I like the most. Say stuff like that. Yeah. That helps us. And then share it with your friends on Instagram. It's a story and tag me and I'll, I'll try to like it. And Yeah, follow the, the show on Instagram too, The Bobbycast. At The Bobbycast. Yeah. All right. Away we go. Here is Ingrid Andrus. All right, episode to... Oh, whoa, sorry. Start again, Mike. You can leave this in. Who cares? Just start it over right now. <laughs> <Ready? Yeah. laughs> Welcome to episode 193 of the Bobbycast with Ingrid Andrus. Uh, I'm going to play a couple of your songs real quick. You're, you're a new artist. And so I'm going to let people um, kind of hear a few of these. Uh, ladylike. Here you go. I'm a ladylike. Whoa! I could bring it to Which, your knees. Um, there have only been, I think, two songs that 
that have influenced my decision making on artists that I've taken from Instagram story. And this is one of them. That's how I was exposed to me. Oh, really? Like, that's why I brought you into my show so early. I didn't know who you were. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. No, who, <laughs> right, who does? <laughs> and so, but I kept seeing a lot of the girls that I follow or work on my show putting this song on their Instagram stories. And I was like, what is this about? And I also related to the song very much, though. So. Yes, you're a lady like that. Yeah. And so that's where that's how I found you was through people's, which that one, and probably the early Lizzo stuff was how, it, it's always the girl power stuff. I know, because yeah. there's so little of it. I feel like it just stands out when it's there, like Beyonce. Well, then, I, but I follow, like everybody I follow on Instagram are my friends or girls. Oh, yeah. Some of my dude friends don't even have Instagram, but... Yeah, this is a song that, and that's why you came on my show the first time. I was like, hey, is this girl, this girl any good? What else does she have? But yeah, that was that. So yeah, this is uh, Ladylike. Right. Here is, this is the current single, right? The next one? Yes. Uh, hearts Like Mine. If I bring you uh, more Hearts Like Mine. Oh yeah, I read it wrong. I don't know. I'm, I'm seeing, uh, I'm dyslexic today. You I got, are? I got a minor case of dyslexia. No. I think I called you like... Um, Ingrid Ingress. Ingrid. When we started the show. Ingrid. Yeah, yeah. More hearts than mine. Here, this is. Uh, <laughs> and you played this, just like a verse and a chorus on our show. I did. Yeah. Yeah, look at this. And then you have a new song called Both. I do. New as of right now. Okay, now we're set. Now people have kind of heard what's up. Perfect. Because if what'll happen is a new artist will come on and people will go, well, let me stop it and go listen and mm -hmm. see. Let, let me hear the voice before I get going. We don't need to do that. We just did that. Perfect. We're all caught up now. Now everybody knows how terrible I am and they're going to be like. No. Are you one of those people? What? Are you one of those that you downplay things? For sure. Yeah. Why? Just because you don't. I mean, I'm just here to have a good time. So I feel like if, it, if I get too serious about it, then it's going to ruin the magic. Of all of it. But I do, or I'm like, oh, like I'll tell people, like, don't come to my show. I'm not that funny. I'm like holding back their expectation because I don't want them to think, oh, wow, I was real. Right. But I wonder why you, why, because you just did it. You just did it. I watched you go. Yeah. And your reasoning is because you're just here to have a good time? Yes. I feel like if I get too hype about myself, mm -hmm. then it's going to like ruin the whole magic of just writing things because I feel them and I like singing. But do you know that you're really good? Uh, sometimes. If I write a song that I'm like, that is dope. Maybe more as like a songwriter, maybe. Because you know if a song is like really spot on or not. So is that your first, being a songwriter more so than being an artist? Like if you get to pick one? Do you love that more? Uh, Would you rather mm -hmm. sing someone else's songs? Here's, here's, your, here's, your, ah! here's your, or you can, the rest of your life, you can be a... a Famous artist, but you never can perform one of your songs. As a matter of fact, you can't even write again. You're just singing, but you're crushing it, right? You're like, what up? I'm Ingrid. Ah. <laughs> They're going crazy in Topeka for you. Like, it's, yep. just, it's just rocking. Or would you write massive hits for other people, but you don't have a voice? I think that would kill me, for sure. I don't know. I feel like, uh, I think performing, because I've always loved performing. Okay. And I would gladly sing Whitney Houston songs for the rest of my life. If I could. Do you have, because some artists will have an issue with covering songs. Do you have one of those where you're like, I don't want to cover anything? Um, that's mostly just from me being lazy and not wanting to learn more songs. But but, but not because it 
is a, a black spot on your artistic integrity? No, no. There are a million great songs that I have not written. So I feel like why not perform those as well? All right, I'm going to run you through a few questions before. Because I learned some things about you today. I had no idea. Not that I've studied you. <laughs> 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 like, okay. But, I, <laughs> but there was some stuff today where I was like, I had no idea this, this had happened in your life. So we'll get to that. Uh, first up, what's the most expensive thing you've ever held in your hands? Um, Think about that. The most expensive thing that you've ever held in your I just don't like expensive things. It doesn't matter. It can be someone else's something. It doesn't have to be something you owned. Just period. What's the most expensive thing you've held? It could be an iPhone. You have an iPhone. I do. Yeah. That's a thousand bucks. But surely there's been something more expensive than that in your, in your hands at some point. Probably like a piece of art or something. Okay. That's do like, you know which one specifically? Nope, because it was very like abstract. Okay, but it wasn't like a famous artist that you can remember? No. Okay. Um, Instead of, you know, people will say your last meal. We don't do last meal, but if you're offered a last song before you die, what's your last song? That I get to listen to? Yeah, unless you're going to play it before you die. <laughs> Welcome to the show, everyone. I will now be performing my head. Peace out. <laughs> and as soon as, you, as soon as you hit the last note. <laughs> oh, my over. God. Wait, that would be terrible, but kind of awesome at the same time. Um, you I, get a last song to listen to. I really love, I know um, Dolly wrote, I Will Always Love You, but I feel like Whitney Houston really brought it something. And that song was like a big deal to me because she just sounds amazing on it. And it made me want to sing it forever. Oh, wow. You Okay. Yep, this would be the last one. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting? Mm -hmm. I was thinking about Dolly because we've had Dolly. We've talked to her before, and she was telling the story about this song. So she wrote this originally by herself for Porter Wagner, who was her business partner. It's not yeah. a, it's an obvious, it's not a love song, mm -hmm. like in the sense of she wasn't in love with him, but she is like, hey, I got to go peace out. I'm going to go do my own thing. And Porter Wagner was like, wait, what? So she wrote this song. She played it for him. And she's like, hey, I'll always love you. Like, we're always cool like that, but I got to go. And so she left and it became a huge hit. And she, by the way, she wrote it by herself. One of two songs she wrote that day. I think she wrote Jolene that day too, right? Yep. Wow. And so Great she, day. she goes away and then she hears a little birdie go, hey, I think Whitney Houston's recording one of your songs. Doesn't know anything about it, really. Just heard it, maybe I will always love you. She's driving in her car and she tells me. And she's like, well, that sounds familiar. Turns it on. It's Whitney Houston singing I will always love you. First time she ever heard it was her what? randomly driving in her car. Oh my gosh. That's actually kind of awesome. Mm -hmm. Wow. And she was like, and she crushed it, obviously. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She did. Okay, good. How about this? What's one thing that you thought was easy, but it turned out to be extremely difficult when you attempted it? Like everything. Um, well, I think basketball maybe, because I was, had played every other sport and everybody was like, oh, she's so athletic. And then I tried playing basketball and I was like, this is not fun for me at all. I don't know why I don't like it. You were an athlete in high school and college both uh i went to music college and there was no sports team in music college but i did think i was going to college for uh volleyball at one point oh yeah what position did you play i was left striker or hitter yeah i'm familiar yep i know the positions and then there's the one who does her who wears the off-color jersey that Le, the, the LeBear? Yeah, LeBero. LeBear. I guess LeBear is the naked club in Nashville where the dudes <laughs> dance. LeBear. <laughs> yeah that's the, that's the naked dude club yeah <laughs> all the same <laughs> Yeah, uh, so you were a good volleyball player, huh? Yeah. Are you tall? 5'8". 
tallish for tall-ish, a girl. Tallish, yeah. yeah. It was more for my vertical. I was a middle hitter for a while, and then I got to high school, and I was like, wow, these girls are, like, way taller than me. And you were pretty good? Yeah. You homeschooled through what grade? Through eighth grade. So what's homeschool like for you because everyone's different? Um, I hated it at the time just because I was such a social person, but it really gave, like looking back, it really gave me a lot of alone time to be creative and think of things in a different way instead of growing up the same way everybody else does your age. So I feel like it, it helped, um, creatively as far as like knowing how to process your thoughts and like being comfortable with who you are. My co-hosts and my friend's kids, Amy, they're, they're homeschooled right now. Um, and everyone I've talked to that has been on a homeschool track has been in for different reasons and they all have different experiences. And so did you, were you able to do music? Like did you study music while you were homeschooling? I did. My mom started teaching me piano at six. So, um, and then I sang in church choirs and stuff. So we, I had a lot of time to practice, which she made sure I did. And did you ever get to the point where you're like, I'm so over piano. Like, oh, I, do, I, yeah. I just don't want to do it. Yeah. Well, that's why they had to give me an incentive. They're like, well, if you get to this point in piano, if you reach this level, then you can pick whatever instrument you want. And I really wanted to play drums. So I got through piano lessons so I could play drums. And you played drums in like a rock band? <laughs> yeah, I guess you could call it that. Wait, what, what, what would you call it? It was more of a screamo thing, uh, but we never really per- perfected the screaming part. Did you just play drums or did you also scream? Um, I just played drums. I tried screaming. I really wanted to learn how to pig squeal. Do you know what that is? Like in metal music? Mm-mm. Like what would it sound like if you were doing it very light? I really, I, like, I can you swear. Google what a pig squeal would be do for it in, metal? In metal, yeah. Do that. Because I, I know what a pig, I'm from Arkansas. <laughs> That's not. And we, well, there are a lot of hogs that were raised near, and even my uncle had a bunch of pigs, a bunch of hogs. So I would hear pig squeals, but I'm mm-hmm. not familiar with what a pig squeal would be in metal music. Um, Do you guys have a band name? Uh, we didn't even really make it that far. We did it for our talent show, and we kept changing our band name. So it was like a band with no name. You performed uh, Screamo at a talent show. Oh. Oh, did you get it? That's a human? Yep. And you're trying to emulate a pig? Yeah. It's, huh. a, it's a metal That's thing. That's a good song. What is that? <laughs> we butter. I can't get it out of my head. That, that, <laughs> it's one of those. It's just like, wow. What's it called? We oh butter my. the bread with butter. Wait, are you kidding me? No, that is the name of the song. And oh, my God. What's the name of the band? Uh, I don't know. Oh, my God. We have to find out. <laughs> and, and people like this. And yes. why Screamo? Who did you meet as a kid that was so into Screamo? Um, well, my parents were very conservative and they didn't really let me listen to anything other than Christian music. So my friends would burn me CDs of stuff that they were listening to. Like contraband. Yeah. You were sneaking it in. Yeah. Yeah. So I would just get, I would be listening. That's how I found out about country actually is because my friend burned me a CD of like all these random country songs. But so I would basically just be at the mercy of what my neighbors were listening to. So. So, uh, your parents were saying, okay, this is the music you can hear. Did you know they were just giving you Christian music when you were young or was that? Yes. Yeah. So, and what were you listening to? Anything that was kind of an influence, like a Michael W. Smith. A <laughs> Newsboys. Jar- Jars of Clay. Yep. Newsbl- uh-huh. Newsboys. Yep. Yeah. Who else? Uh, DC Talk. Oh man, I was some heavy DC Talk guy. Really? Uh, yeah. 
Just between you and me, I got something to say. Remember that song? Do you remember that at all? No. Oh, come on. Hey, Mike, will you look up um, Just Between You and Me? Yeah, so that's that was kind of my element for a while, too. Oh. All of that. Oh. Wait. What was their other big song? Well, hey, Mike, let's get to the hook first of this song. You can, you can let it play out. And we'll see what the other song is. Yeah, I was a big DC Talk guy. Here we go. Just between you and me, oh, I got something yeah. to say. These are good chords. They were ahead of their time. Till the sun goes down. <laughs> Come on, don't mess with me. <laughs> oh my God. Like Jars of Clay had the jam and it crossed over to pop too. It was called Flood. Uh, do you remember Flood from Jars of Clay? Is that the, the orangish album? I just remember them from there. Mm. Rain, rain on my face. It hasn't stopped raining for days. My world is a flood. Rain, rain on my face. Oh my God. It hasn't stopped. This crossed over to pop? Raining for yeah, days. wait till you hear the hook. The hook's super catchy. My world is a flood. It's about to come in. Suddenly I become one with the hook. But if I can't After 40 days, days and yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. This is that song. Lift Just me up going. so high. Yeah. <laughs> it's a jam. It is. Yeah. That's some good. That's like good, good. I always admired the, and still now, the people that write praise and worship songs that can do it really effectively because you don't have a lot of highway, like side to side to go. You kind of have to find a way to rewrite the same message. Y- yeah. And I have friends that write country and praise songs. And they're like, you know, it's so hard to write a praise song. <laughs> Because what, what words have yeah, not been said? What have not been so? Who who were you listening to? Um, Christian, yeah, wise? Uh, Stephen Curtis Chapman. Oh, old school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I loved I loved all of his stuff. Um, and Nicole C. Mullen. Don't know her. She, you related to her? No, mm. she was a one hit. Oh yeah, wonder. I think yeah. I'd never really heard much about her. Uh, my mom was a big Amy Grant fan. Love Amy Grant. No yeah. Amy now. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, let me do a little name drop there. <laughs> if we don't mind. Yes, of yeah. course. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll leave that there. Yeah. So that was you. That You, you listen to Christian Christian pop, it sounds like. Yeah. You weren't listening to the old Gregorian chant type. <laughs> no, but my dad loved Handel's Messiah. That was the only CD that was in his car. So I know all of those. Really? Yeah. Interesting. And you're... Your dad was, a, if I'm just recalling this, was a strength and conditioning coach for uh, ball clubs, like baseball teams? Uh, yeah, the Detroit Tigers, the Colorado Rockies, and the New York Mets. And did you move around with that? Uh, yes. Well, not to New York, because by the time he did that, I was in Boston. So So you lived in, you said the Red Sox as the first one? Uh, the Detroit No, Boston, Tigers. never mind, but you said Boston. So yeah. the Tigers and then the Rockies. Yeah. So where did you live most of your childhood? Colorado. And is that home to you? Like if you go home, that's... Yes. Yeah, definitely. Near what town? Highlands Ranch, Colorado. It's like, Talk to me about... Den- I, know we, I know Denver. It's Den- It's like a suburb okay. of Denver. Yeah. Like Denver, we just did a show there. I'm, I'm, I like Denver. I like Colorado Springs, Fort Collins. Mm-hmm. I know all those areas. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's literally right outside Denver. All those places are like an hour away. So are you the, are you the big... Um, you wear your, your... What's that brand that all, all you guys wear? All you Denver folks? Um, the mountains Patagonia? It. That's it. <laughs> that it's the it's the the preppy wow, mountain climber brand. Wow, I didn't brand. even want. Yeah. Uh, but but that's the culture, right? It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you're here and you wear Patagonia, 
you're like, okay. It's like, where are you going? Right. Like, yeah. who are you trying to impress? Who are you trying to show? <laughs> exactly. But yeah. you guys probably, that was, your house was made of Patagonia probably. You drove <laughs> up on Patagonia pillows. Road. Yeah. You got in the, yeah. So that was kind of your lifestyle. Was there a lot of mountain climbing, a lot of outdoors? Uh, yeah. My family, we would go camping for fun, which at the time I was like, this is not fun. Uh, but it, um, lots of hiking, um, snowboarding, skiing, just the whole whole thing. Is that still fun to you now? Like when it's like, hey, I want to take a second and, and, and take a beat and go away. Do you go back and do those kind of activities? Yes, I do. It's fun now because I feel like it's you're actually appreciating the nature. And when you're younger, you're just kind of like, why can't I, you know, play video games with my friends? But now it's like, oh, thank God I'm out here. I just want to go listen to DC Talk with my friends. <laughs> Come on. I was uh, speaking of your music on Instagram. The Cracker Barrel stuff's really cool. Yeah, that was really an awesome opportunity. This is a Wide Open Spaces with Karen and Kimberly from Little Big Town and Ingrid. A young girl's dreams no longer hollow. It takes the shape of a place out west. But what it holds for she hasn't Was had the idea for that arrangement? I think that's what they do on the actual oh, it recording. Is? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. I just hear one big wide open spaces. I didn't hear wide open spaces. Spaces. Did you know that? <laughs> it's on there, yeah. Otherwise, we wouldn't have come up with that because we oh. didn't know how to make the clean break because in the recording, um, yeah, they like hang it over. So we were like, oh, do we hold it out? Like, do you guys oh, how cool. No, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, I thought that you guys came up with Never mind, I take back my compliment of... Oh my gosh, But it's still well. great. No, it's still great. That's great. It, it, it's, it's fine. You, how did you uh, get into this? How did the Cracker Bro call you and go, hey, you're cool, come do it, or did someone recommend you? Um, they, so the whole thing is a mentoring program, so they asked Little Big Town to do it, and they were like, who do you want to mentor? And they said me, so... That's really cool. Yeah, when they, when my manager told me, oh yeah, Cracker Barrel wants you to do this thing, I was like, oh. What could they possibly want me to do for Eat them? a chicken fried chicken <laughs> exactly. on Instagram, yes. Uh, I mean, I did spend a lot of time in Cracker Barrel as a kid, but yeah, I had no idea what was going on, but I was really excited. Now, you seem like a very confident person when it comes to music, and rightfully so. You're, you're super talented, but do you, and, and let's remove the humility card for one second okay, for, the answer, for this question. Okay, right, I, it's removed. Okay. When you walk and you're playing with Kimberly and Karen, who are fantastic people and love them, it, are you at all, are you a bit intimidated or are you like, great, I'm good, you're good, let's just rock it? That's pretty much how rehearsal was. Honestly, I was just excited to be able to sing with people who got harmonies really easily and really efficiently. So if anything, it was fun because, yeah, we all like each other and we like and respect what we do. So I feel like that kind of leveled the playing field out a little bit. And I wasn't, the only thing I was nervous about is like not getting their song right. Cause I had like practiced it the night before and I was like, Oh, I hope I don't mess this up. But that was it. But to you, it was like, this is cool. We're all, yeah. we're all good. We're professionals. We're all good. I'm, I enjoy them. But you weren't like, Oh, I'm so intimidated to go sing in a room with them. No, not at all. It's cool. It's a good answer and an honest answer. I like that. Okay. Great. I like that. I like that. <laughs> and then they did one of your songs. Right? Yeah. Which song do they do of yours? Uh, more Hearts Than Mine. That's cool. That, I, I always mess the name. I always call it Hearts More of Mine. But, <laughs> but I, that, that, I like your version. I like how you say it too. That's cool. I like your flip though. That's, that's smart. Yeah. L-A-S-I-K.
LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com. One place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. In every pair of Tacova's boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. A great pair of Western boots will elevate a casual look or add a refined flair that'll draw both eyes and compliments. Tacova's boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they'll last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tacova store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. They offer custom branding and leather stamping if you want to personalize your boots or fine leather goods. And stay cool in short sleeve moisture wicking pearl snap or make your own shade with one of their classic straw hats, new in both men's and women's styles. And if you're planning to hit the road, Tacova's ever-growing lineup of rugged and full-grain leather bags will get you where you're headed in style and are built to last decades. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. Tacovas.com. And don't go gently, y'all. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson, how do the biggest names in outlaw country start a musical revolution? Through one woman's vision from one tiny living room. Don't miss Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in the new scripted audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the Birth of Outlaw Country Music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Brewer shaped the sound and soul of country music as we know it today, despite never picking up an instrument herself. Lovingly dubbed as the Boar's Nest, Sue's place was an intimate staging ground where a new breed of singer-songwriters, wounded souls, wayward upstarts. That's where they would spur each other and tap into something bigger and something realer. Starring Mandy Moore and featuring Eben Moss Backrack as Shel Silverstein and T.J. Osborne as Johnny Cash alongside a full ensemble cast. Audible invites you to enter the Boar's Nest and experience the rise of a musical revolution. One woman, one time, one place. The Boar's Nest. Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Listen now at audible.com slash the boar's nest. Some songs that you wrote on, which is interesting to me. Uh, Charlie XCX's Boys. Yes. Here you go. Here's this jam. I was busy thinking about boys. When did you write this one? When? Yeah. Probably like two and a half years ago. Was she in the room or did you write it for her? Um... Neither. We, I just wrote it with my friends in a bedroom and she heard it and it was like the first outside song that she cut. So you get the call going, hey, Charlie XCX is liking it, is putting it on hold, is cutting it. Like which, what level do you get the call? Um, It was cutting it. Yeah. And then I wasn't sure what was happening. And then they were like, oh, by the way, she's making this whole music video with all these celebrities in it and it's going to be great. And I was like, oh, perfect. Dope. That's cool. Yeah. And so, why would you not keep the song for yourself? Was it something you knew wasn't for you? You were just writing? Or? Yeah, I was just having a good time, honestly. Um, that seems to be a theme of you. Have, the, yeah, have a I good time. I'm just trying to have a good time. You know what? We're trying to have a good time here. <laughs> yeah, I really... Um, no, it was... I wrote it with my friends because I'd just come from an urban session where, like, all these guys were talking about all their hoes in different area codes, and I was, like, the only chick in the session. So I left being super mad. Being like, why do you guys get to sing about all the girls they have? 
and girls don't get to sing about all the guys they have. I just don't think that's fair. So it's, here we are. Did you walk in the room with that idea? Um, yeah, it kind of came out after like, you know, half a bottle of red wine. I was just venting. But we had the hook already and we just were like, how do we develop this story? So do you ever go into a room and you're like, ah, I have this idea and you, you present it. You're like, OK, what about this, guys? You're feeling pretty good about it. And everyone just kind of looks at you like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially if it's like a really deep thought that everybody knows they're really going to have to dig in. And they're like, uh, I don't feel like it today. Oh, so that would be the reason if people are kind of tired and. Yeah. Or they're just like, oh, wow, that's going to be like really difficult to write. And I don't think I'm ready for that today. Let's just write something easy. Mm. A few days ago, I was writing with a couple friends, and I had an idea. I, was, I said, "Hey, we're writing for my comedy. We're doing a live comedy record in, in Little Rock." And I was like, "Hey, guys, I got an idea." I said, "I want to write this song called It's Just Poison Ivy.'" <laughs> and they all looked at me like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> I'm like, "Listen, trust me on this. Like, you're with the girl. Oh my god!" And, and, and like, I'm the dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and oh I was God. like, I was like, and then she like sees a rap. She's like, no, 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 it's just poison ivy. <laughs> we wrote it. It's really funny. It, but but oh, I cannot wait to hear but it. But their face is. Um, I mean, I, I you know, hear some of it. I'll play. Yeah, it I do. I, I really do. I really do. This is um, my friend Brandon singing it. I make him sing down all the songs because he's good. Mm-hmm. Okay. The lights are low. The music is slow I can't believe we're finally all alone Tonight's the night It feels like perfect timing I'm so ready You're my girl I'm your man And I'm ready to show you who I really am But don't freak out That's just poison <laughs> Oh my God. I'll show you mine if you show me yours. Don't laugh at the Superman on my drawers. Oh my God. And don't forget that's too Thank you. But when I, oh, when I had that, who I, even thinks of that? Well, that's why they looked at me funny. They were like, who even thinks of that? That's Well, that means it's a good idea. And so I just wondered if you ever got that look like, oh, but yours. Probably not that. Uh, obviously, but. yours wasn't for being stupid. Yours was for being so deep and intelligent. Uh, no, no. That, that's a first here. I've never played that before. We're going to play this weekend for the first time. Oh, my God. Like I'm excited. It's like an exclusive. Um, wow. so, so that song, are you getting checks for that song yet? Has it been out long enough to get checks? Writing checks? Yeah. For, okay. Uh, Fletcher's About You. Let me play this. I'm just wondering when I'll stop wondering about you. You wrote this one. Does she live in Nashville? No. Does she have a lot of Nashville friends? I I see a lot of my people. I think she did her first ever record with a producer in Nashville. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, talk about this one for a second. You uh, you hop into the writing room for this one? Um, I wrote this in Nashville, actually, with my friends. And um, I guess my question is, were you just having a good time? Or did you go in like, really, like, we're going to get serious? Uh, no, we were just having a good time. Yeah, I like that. I like that answer. Like, who writes that seriously, you know? Which part? Yeah, yeah. I enjoy yah yahs. I enjoy snaps. Uh-huh. 
I enjoy ooh oohs, ah ahs. I love that. This <laughs> Me stuff too. It's like it's, you can be awesome and put all that stuff in. That's what people remember too. Yeah. Even that's the, my favorite part of the song. The, the, the super small like us and Sam like body like a back road. It's the, the character parts that people remember. The super character parts. Yeah. I should I should give you lessons. I'm real fantastic. I was gonna writer. say, can you like write this down for me? <laughs> I'll do you one more pop song that you did. Uh, Vice, Steady One Two Three Four. Oh yeah. Oh, that's an old one. Yeah. It is. This one I'm not familiar with. It was a big hit overseas. Was it? Is Vice a, a singer? DJ Vice? DJ Vice, of course. I'm... Yeah, it's all right. I got you. Wow. I only know like one DJ. DJ Cool. You know that is? <laughs> no. Okay. Um, okay, well, that's cool. So you write these songs. So how do you, are you able to go to LA and write songs? Are your Nashville people cool with that? You have a publishing deal, right? Uh-huh. How does that work? Um, I have a joint venture with Cara Diaguardi's publishing company, which is based out of LA. So I've always split my time between, or not, well, yeah, I guess it is. So you write pop songs halftime? I used to, yeah. And country songs? I mean, songs. I still would like to, but I just feel like, I mean, I can just write wherever now. It doesn't really matter. Is the artist thing consuming everything now? Yes, 100%. Which is fine, because I've always wanted to be an artist, but it's also weird having to write songs only about things that are happening in my life. I can't just check out and make up a story anymore. I mean, I could, but. Would you ever make up a, because I, I have songwriter friends that would be like, hey, what do you think about this song? And I'd be like, I listen, and it's so personal. And a little bit, makes me a little bit uncomfortable. And they're like, I just made this up. And I'm like, this song's about cheating. <laughs> I know, that's, <laughs> that's awkward. Like, would you ever write a song that was just, you're, like you're writing a fictional tale. Uh-huh. And you got to bring it and give it to someone. And it's like, and they're like, hmm, this is about you. Who has the third nipple in this song? Is this you? <laughs> is this you? Oh my God, that's hilarious. I mean, I think I think writing, if you're writing for other people, people don't even care about who writes the song. It's just about who cuts it. So I feel like if they relate to something in that story, then that's what makes it worth it. You moved to Nashville when? Uh, 2013. From Boston? Yes. Did you finish school or did you jump out early? Jumped out early. And I, is that pretty common there? Because it's like if it's time to work, that's what you went to school for is to work. Yeah. So you leave Boston and do you have to have that – conversation with your parents like you know i'm gonna jump before i finish uh no they just kind of like let me do whatever they i feel like they instilled a good work ethic in me so they never held me back from wanting to do what i wanted because they let me know like if you want to pursue this and just know it's like you need to figure it out like we're not going to do anything for you so it wasn't an uncomfortable conversation where you're like, guys, I'm going to have to quit school. I mean, I'm already going to music college. Like, it can't get any worse than that, you know? Oh, is that considered not a real college? When you said that earlier, I just, it's just another... Oh, no, no. I mean, Berkeley is amazing. Like, it is a very esteemed college. But I feel like, I mean, if you're going there, you're obviously wanting to pursue music. So whenever that is, it's your time to do it. So when you moved down, did you pack up a truck and bring stuff? Or did you start over fresh? What happened? No, I did. I drove a rental car down to Nashville by myself and uh, just had my keyboard and a guitar and just random clothes. And then, yeah, crashed in somebody's basement for a little while, for like a few weeks until I found a really sketchy apartment to live in. So where do you start as a new artist without, did you have, did you have friends here when you first moved here? Uh, I knew one person. Was that person in music? Uh, sort of. She was in a singing group with me. Um, 
So like we had like music connections, but she wasn't like a pursuing being an artist or anything. So what do you do when you first move to town? You kind of have a friend, but it's not like someone's going to take you and start putting you places. Right. Where do you start as a new artist when you move to Nashville? Um, well, I was actually just waiting to get in with Frank Rogers. That was the whole point why I even moved to Nashville is because Kara Dioguardi had sent him some of my songs and he wanted to work with Kara on them and like pitch them to other artists. And she ended up not being able to come down to do it. So I was like, well, I'm just going to do it. So um, I was just basically waiting to get into a session with him. And so in the meantime, I just like waited tables and went to songwriter rounds and learned about the community and what was important. And I didn't even know songwriter rounds were a thing until I got here. So let's go to waiting tables. Where do you work? I waited tables at Bricktops with Devin Dawson, actually. Oh, yeah? Mm -hmm. And who was the better waiter? Because he talks a lot of crap about your waiting skills. I'm just going to say, <laughs> I was talking to him. He was like, he's not a good waitress. But go ahead. Oh, my gosh. No, he was definitely way nicer than me. Like, everybody loved him. I was, I almost got fired like four times, I'm pretty sure. I was not. You're not a strong waiter? I mean, I have a hard time believing that the customer is always right especially when my memory is so good. And I know that, no, Susan, you did not say no croutons. You just forgot to tell Still me. holding it on Susan, huh? <laughs> yep. Still holding it over Susan. Freaking Susan. And so you worked at Bricktops for how long? Um, I guess just a few months from like September to February. And the whole time you're there, you're like, all right, I got to get out of this. I got to somehow make enough money doing music that I don't have to do this. Yes, 100%. Were you working at night? Uh, yeah, and morning, like just yeah. all the time. So you start to do songwriter rounds, but how do you get in an early songwriter round? Um, do you sign up somewhere? Do you call and say, hey, if you have an opening? Like, how does that yeah. work early on? Yeah, I think so. You find people to do the writer's round with, um, and then you approach them being like, do you have a night open that we can do this? A lot of the times people would just um, like invite me out to see them or whatever, and then I'd get to know people that way, and then I would ask if I could join. It actually started with me doing it by myself, so nobody ever knew who I was when I would play rounds, but um, that started helping creating, like, a community of people. Is that when you were Andrew Ingress? <laughs> yeah. That's why I confused. I would, I would see your early stuff. I remember all your early stuff. That was me. Yeah. So uh, at what point did you go, oh, I can compete here? Like, I... I I mean, I felt that way since I got here. Mm -hmm. I feel I felt like I'm a very competitive person, so I would spend a lot of time when I wasn't waiting tables, just sitting at my keyboard in my very unfurnished apartment, like working on songs, and and that's what was so great is by being able to test them out at rounds and seeing like which songs people got bored with and which ones people responded to. So I feel like I always knew I could compete with it, and like be in it but it was just a matter of me just wanting to get better do you prefer to write on piano i do do you write all the time on piano um if i want to switch the vibe up guitar would be great but i'm not that great at guitar so i get annoyed if i don't hear what i'm hearing in my head whatever i'm playing so piano is more of that instrument for me that i can just play whatever i'm hearing will you chase a lyric or a melody first Ooh. Just generally percentage-wise, what are we looking at here? More, you're like, okay, here are the lyrics, what I want to say, or you, and then insert words after you create the melody. Um, if I'm writing pop music, melody, 
But if I'm writing for me, then definitely lyric. Funny how that works, huh? Because I, I have a bunch of pop writer friends that are like, oh, yeah, we'll just create a melody that we know works, and then we'll just put in some crap words. Yeah, which is pretty much pop music. And there's a little hyperbole to that. They don't just put in crap words, but they're, let's just call them semi-crap. Yeah. But they're, they're like, like, it's not as important in pop to have a story, mm-hmm. like a legitimate, like tangible story, as in, in country music, like even if it's a dopey story, it's there's still some texture and, yeah. you know, there's a body of work there lyrically. Yeah. So it's interesting that that's kind of how you write those songs. In pop, you, you chase the melody. Yeah, because it's more it's more about the vibe. I feel like in pop music, you just you want to be able to hear it and then be able to repeat it. And um, that to me is it's fun writing both ways. I honestly can't pick which way is my favorite because I don't always want to be so heady about things all the time either. Like sometimes I want something just stupid and but it sounds good. You ever been taken into a room to write with an artist for them? And it's a massive artist and you just stare at them, anyone that you shouldn't be staring. <laughs> <laughs> I always play it overly cool with people I think are awesome to the point where it's like they might be confused if I actually know who they are kind of thing, which is probably not cool. But um, I feel like I have to do that in order to stay in like songwriting mode. Otherwise, if I hype them up too much, then I'll just agree with whatever they say and then it could turn out to be terrible. Um, it says here that you have written with Alicia Keys. So you were in a room with her? Yeah. Would you play it too cool? Uh, I mean, she made it seem, she was so welcoming and warm. And um, I kind of took on the role as lyricist in the room because I kind of figured out like where the holes were in the session. So I feel like that occupied my time and I didn't really get too caught up in it until she, until we all stepped out and she recorded the song. And then that's when I was like, oh my God. Different level? Yeah. So cool. It's just so cool. That was probably like one of my, yeah, because I grew up listening to her and I think she is so talented. Can you get a picture or do you have to play it cool and no picture? I feel like no picture. That like kind of ruins the whole, I mean, unless they want to. Like luckily somebody suggested That's it. That's the move. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. gonna, was, if you didn't already know the move, I was going to give you the move. Yep, yep. That's the move. Yeah. Because you don't want to do it. You're not, I'm, this is what I have, right? I did this at Idol last year a few times. There'd be really cool people there and I'd be like, holy crap, Rivers from Weezer's here. I really got to get a picture. I don't want to go ask him for a picture. Right. Because I'm cool. I'm, what's your name again? It's that exactly, whole vibe, yeah. right? But as we're walking out, um, they're like, hey, you two. I tell my friend, you know what? You two should get a picture together. And I'm like, I, all right. <laughs> Set the whole thing up. Yeah. But you got one with Alicia Keys. Yep. That's cool. What about uh, Sam Hunt? Um, that was great. He, I feel like he was just getting back into songwriting, um, so it was, which was interesting because I'm like, you are such a great songwriter, and he was so much like, oh, is this a good idea? Like, I'm not really sure. I'm like, you're Sam Hunt. Like, what are you doing? Did he know he was Sam Hunt though, or did you you reminding him actually? <laughs> because that's tricky if they don't know that they're Sam Hunt. Because one time someone told me I was Sam Hunt, and I was like, I am. <laughs> the whole thing. Oh my god. Once you told him, though, he was I did. Good. Then, he, then he snapped out of it, and it was fine. So. And how was that right? Pretty cool? It was. Anything that anyone ever cut? Um, I'm not sure what we're doing with those songs. Still, I know he's writing. I have friends that are writing with him now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, I mean, honestly, it's such a, I feel like he's in such an interesting place creatively. I don't blame him for wanting to take his time with what songs he wants to use. It shouldn't be the Nashville quick system. Like, he should really spend time 
like a week if he wants to on one song. Uh, you, you know what was interesting about your story that I did not know is you were on the freaking sing-off on yes. NBC. I didn't know that. Uh, no, there's reason for that. Did you like scrub it? Did you scrub it from the internet? No, it's, I mean, yes, I did. No, no, but I. I <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I didn't know that. Do people ask you about that all the time, the sing-off? Um, I mean, they used to when it was like still a thing, but. So what the sing-off is for those that are listening to this, wherever, in your car or in your phone, whatever, it's an acapella show where you got up and you compete and do acapella. Isn't that where Pentatonics came from? Yeah. This freaking sing-off? Yeah. That's so cool. I think that's so cool. And your name was called Pitch Slapped? Pitch Slapped was the first season I was on. And then I was in Delilah. Wait, you did it twice? Uh Uh-huh. You went back? Well, oh, you're, you're way cooler to me now. Oh my god, that's gosh. really cool. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. That's- yeah, I actually really enjoyed it. It showed like what show business was like at a younger time in my life because I was still in college, but it kind of showed me how things work, and it really um, it made me want to get out and do more stuff because I actually enjoyed being on camera and performing. And how many people in the group? Um, and pitch slapped. We'll start with that one. Oh, I don't even know. Was like, it a big group or was it like a barbershop quartet? It was like quartet? a big group. That was like the Berkeley acapella group. Um, we were only on for like one episode. More than eight people? Uh, I, I I can't remember. There was a lot of us. We just weren't like together on the show for more than like, I remember more of the second season I was on. With I was, Delilah. Yeah. And that's the all girl group. Yes. How many of you were in that group? There's eight of us. Okay. And what, do you have a, a specific role with a title? Oh, well, I was the one who was always put in the most skimpy clothes, which I hated. Well, okay, I meant more voice, but okay. Oh, okay no, we can great. do the whole we can do the whole thing. <laughs> the whole profile. The whole profile. But like were you um, a soprano? A, okay. Yeah. Were you the main soprano? Uh, we all switched leads. Um, Amy was the other soprano. So, that was kind of our thing. We all had we all had our Amy sings the rock songs, Ingrid sings the emotional songs. Oh, so you would do leads though on that? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so cool. Did you know, have you ever heard of my, my I have a, a buddy has an acapella group called uh, Here Comes Trouble? Yeah. You familiar with them? I, I, I am. They're a Cornell yes. group, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That is cool. I mean, I do love acapella. It makes you really have to like be on pitch. Like, you, can't, you really can't mess up. You can't know Here Comes Trouble. Yeah. You can't. There's no way. that. That's when an- we, so no, no, no when no, no, in no, Berkeley. No, that's Andy Bernard from The Office and his, uh, acapella group from Cornell. Here comes trouble. Oh well, I thought they had no, not Cornell, but there's another group that kind of ripped that name. Oh, there is. Yeah. Oh, you're probably right. But I was just kidding, and then you ran oh, okay. with it, and I was like, <laughs> No, there is a group. Oh. I'm like 100 percent sure. Okay, that's his group on on yeah on the office. I, I'm yeah. You're right. You watch the office. I do. All right. Uh, you go back and you do Delilah. You finished in sixth place. Yes. How sad were you not to win? Um, I was actually pretty happy because at that point we had been there for like in a hotel for a very long time. Did you see the Pentatonics people? Yeah, we were all, we'd all hang out. Would you acapella switch and like practice with each other's group? I mean, that would be more of like a after rehearsal thing. Like we're all just messing around. Everybody jumps in and like sings. It was actually a really fun environment. There wasn't, it wasn't really competitive at all. Everybody was just happy to be there that's cool that's that's really cool that you're an acapella group yeah oh, like you um you wrote a song that was very dear to you that was cut by someone else it said quote she wanted to become an artist and record her own songs it was like giving away her story that's a direct quote i took from the internet 
Oh, wow. Would you care to talk about that? Uh, sure. Well, I can't tell you the name of the artist because I don't want to be mean. But Paul um, McCartney? <laughs> How did you know? All right, go ahead. Um, yeah, it was a song about um, my siblings, and I wrote it for them and about them. And I thought it was really special. And we were really precious with who we wanted to give it away to. I still... I was like, oh, man, I don't know. Like, unless it's somebody really big, like, I don't think I want to really give this away for some reason. Yeah. And then it just was a situation where I didn't really have a say in it. Um, and we're... So your you know, publisher gave it away? Uh, yeah, Ish? pretty much. Were so you so mad? I was... I mean, we were promised that it was going to... They were going to do stuff with it, and then it just never ended up happening the way that they said it would and the production just turned out not great and it was just ruined so like I literally from that moment I was like I don't think I ever want to go through that again and I'll probably put it out honestly because I never signed anything saying that I wouldn't put it out yeah and if you well at least the Nashville rule is Mm -hmm. for example Eric Paslay wrote Friday Night and Lady Annabellum cut it put it on the record they even put it on the record they just didn't put it out as a single Mm-hmm. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to cut it. I wrote it. I'm going to cut it. He cuts it, puts it out. It goes number one. Huh. Boom. Knowledge bomb. You didn't know that. That happens. You can People cut down, And then if you wrote it, you can recut it if you want. Well, I guess that helps if they are not, if Lady A is not on the song too, like writing wise. They are not on the song. Right. Okay. Right. Sometimes in pop, it gets a little complicated because artists will ask for like 1% of publishing. Even if they're not on the song. Yeah. So will they be... Okay, so here's what you know this too. I'm talk, I'm not talking to you because you know this. When I say you, you get it. Yeah. I felt like you were a bit insulted earlier when I did that, but I wasn't <laughs> talking to you. I like to talk directly to the people that are listening. Okay, got it. So there are artists in town that I know that are shady and I'm going to write a couple words and then I'm going to get a quarter or a third of the song. Oh. Oh, you didn't know this. In town? In Nashville? Yeah. Huh. I'm not going to say who they are, but... I mean, I guess that's kind of clever in a terrible way. Is it clever, though? It just sounds lazy. Well, the whole song's written. They're like, I'm going to cut it. But, you know, I'm going to change a few words. And then I, in Nashville, it's all split evenly. Mm-hmm. Different different writing as it is in Los Angeles. You write a song in, you, I'm not talking about you, you know this. Yes. Yep. You write a song in LA, ever, you know, uh, you could get 5% of the song, depending on how much you actually gave. Mm-hmm. In Nashville, if you write a third of the, if you just pop on the song and there are three people, you get 33% of the song regardless. Yep. And so there are artists that will uh, go, oh, okay, I didn't write it, but now I'm going to be a writer on it. Change wow. the line, get a quarter of the song or a third of the song. Ooh, not familiar like with that. those artists yet? No, I don't like that. Yeah. I'm not going to say who it is, but it rhymes with Garth Brooks. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's not Garth. That's the only person, so I, could, that's the only person I could go after that was bulletproof. <laughs> uh, the first time you cried during a song was blank. Um, Whiskey Lullaby. Okay, good. You wrote your first song when you were? What are we calling a song? Well, it was called Getting the Mail for My Mom. Oh. And here's a clip of it. No. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so I was like, where did you find it? <laughs> oh, my God. I was like, did my dad send it to you? That would be so terrible. You were how old when you wrote Getting the Mail for My Mom? Uh, Probably like five. Okay. So that's seven here. I think you're giving yourself a little too much credit. Re- oh. Revisionist history. <laughs> Um, was I still getting? Yeah, I was. Yeah, you're right. And now you're you're out doing what's called radio tour. Explain that. Um, it is basically me playing my songs for um, 
radio stations wherever, like around the country. And um, yeah, just meeting them and talking with them about my music and hoping that they play it on their station. And how's that been for you? Good? It has been good. Yeah. It's been tiring, but that's the same for everybody. And I'm learning a lot for sure about the whole culture. Do most stations have you go in the morning and play on the air? Um, now, what's that split of playing on the air, playing in a conference room, or not playing at all? I've been playing mostly conference rooms. I'll do, I've done a few radio shows, but where I go in and play at the station, but a lot of it has been them just wanting to see like the setup of like me on the piano and like meeting me and talking to me, and um, which has been great. I just sometimes get sick of hearing myself over and over again. Is that a thing? where now you have to promote you all the time, so it's all about you, and you're going, oh, my God, I'm so over me. Yeah, a yeah. little bit, a little bit. But I'm not, it's not like I'm, I'm not bored of me, but I just kind of am. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I have to pretend like I'm saying this for the first time, and it's, but I'm not. So I feel like that's hard, because I'm, like, a very honest person, and it's hard for me to hide what I'm actually feeling. So if I'm not really digging it, then everybody's going to know about it. Mm. Yeah, interviews are, are, are weird. Because I'm on both sides of them. Like, I'll do this with you. And then I have two interviews scheduled where they're going to interview me. And so, especially if you do, like, a, a whole day of interviews, it's the same questions over and over and over yeah. again. And you really got to present it like you've never been asked that before. Mm -hmm. And the worst thing to do, because, again, if you were to go, if I asked you a question, you go, you know what? I get asked this all the time. And you answer the question, you won't even know that's, like, an insult. But, to, <laughs> but if you were to say that and I'm like, hey, you know, X, Y, Z, question mark, you would go, hey, I get asked this all the time. Here's the answer. I'm like, oh, that's a sucky question. Ooh. So I have to be careful on doing that on the other side. Right. Interesting. Like, yeah. Well, you're doing a good job so far, I'd say. Of this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, you're so welcome. This is like, I, like yeah, yeah I'm, this is what I'm good at. Like I'm, yes. good at. like, I'm good at this. Thank you for acknowledging yep, that. Yep, I, just giving you affirmation I, that you don't need, I'm sure. No, no, I do need it <laughs> in 97% of my life. Okay, got it. But much like you, we're, we're removing our humility card for a second. Yep. You know you can hop in a room with anybody and go, oh, I can play. Like I did a thing with Rolling Stone and I was like, I'm the second best interviewer in the whole, on, on the radio, period. The only better, person better than me is Howard Stern. And like I feel good about saying that, not as a dick, but yeah. like it's just like, it's just there. I totally get that. Thank you very much. What is <laughs> <laughs> What should everyone have that costs less than $100? Um, a neck pillow. You're a neck pillow person? Yeah. On a plane? Yeah. I, they don't, I didn't work for, like, I just end up. With well, neck. you got to rotate it to where the thicker side is like under here. So you're not having to like crank your neck. You're more like this. That's really functional for you. Yeah. Amazing. Well, I mean, I, like, I mean, yeah. I feel like early flights, especially on radio tour, I just need something to pass out on. Otherwise, I'm going to fall on the person next to me and mm. probably drool all over them. Well, I'll go two ways here. The first way is. Fly on the window in a normal yeah, but pillow. I don't like having to ask people to go to the bathroom. That's a thing. Okay, here's a secondary question to that. Do you, if you have to pee and they're asleep, mm -hmm. wait, excuse me, or do you hold it? I uh, usually say excuse me when it's getting to the point. It's after me being like, oh, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. And then it's almost too late. And then I'm like, wake up. And then... But I've had it happen to me to where they wouldn't wake up because I'm pretty sure they took like an Ambien or something. It was an international flight. And that's why I never sit at a window anymore. How did you get out of that? I climbed over them. Yeah. 
Yeah. I went through this recently and I was like, what do I, I got on Twitter and I was like, what do I do? They're asleep <laughs> and I got to pee. Do I, I don't want to wake them up. I wouldn't want to be, because it's on me. I'm the one that got the stupid window seat. Right. Like that's my fault. I got the window, but now I got to pee. And so, but I did, I was like, sorry, I'm so sorry. <laughs> what I did is I waited for one of them to like move their head a yep. little bit. Mm-hmm. Just be like, and I was like, whoa, you're awake. Oh, <laughs> hey, they weren't awake. They were like, just like sniffling or something. And I was like, you're awake. Let me go. <laughs> Oh, man. It was a great moment of my day because I had to pee so bad. Um, wow. Okay. The neck pillow. I had, I had another way I was going to go, but now I'm off. Okay. What is the longest song you have on your playlist? Think about that. Oh. I don't. Think about that. What's your favorite super long song? I haven't. There aren't really many of them anymore. Hmm. Do you have a favorite one? A long song? Yeah. Well, I think of back when I was 17 or 18 doing radio. And we used to have CDs at the radio station. And there was one song that was five minutes and 40 seconds. And it was the only song I could run down the hall and go to the bathroom and then come back in time to switch out the next <laughs> CD. And it was Matchbox 20, Back to Good. Oh. And it was, it was so long that when I hear that song still, it reminds me. Of, it's like, oh, you can relax. You go, go, to the, go, go to the bathroom. Interesting. Yeah, so Matchbox... Do you know the song? No, I don't. Mike, would you mind uh, hitting us with a little Matchbox 20 back to good? That's my favorite long song. There are also long songs like Stairway to Heaven, which is before yeah. we were both born, but that was super long. I don't want to. Oh, Rob Thomas. Do you know Rob? You know he was in a band called Matchbox 20 before he was Yes. Born? Oh, my God. <laughs> I wasn't, I was, wow, I'm going to leave now. Thanks. No, no, no. I was just... Some people, depending on what where they grew... Maybe we'd only know him from being Rob Thomas in the hits. It wasn't in this. There's no <laughs> joke there. I was asking genuinely. Okay, I appreciate um, that. This was the song. Okay, what's your favorite quote? Hit me with that. Oh my gosh, these are hard questions. They are hard, but take your time. Sit and think. Put your neck pillow on. Take a nap. <laughs> I should have brought it, honestly. Um, I've only got a couple more of these tough ones. These are just mind stretchers. Favorite quote. I can't remember who said this. If you ain't got haters, then your shit ain't popping. Mm. Yeah, I believe that was me. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> well, that's good, though. You have, are you feeling some pushback since you aren't what is considered super traditional country? Actually, no. Good I was expecting you. more, and I think I, I'm very surprised so far that I haven't. But I think people are kind of ready for the progression of wherever we're going in country music. Um, your life is a movie. At what point does the audience gasp most loudly? Ooh. I mean, the one thing that comes to mind is like when I hit my tailbone on the side of a pool. I feel like that's pretty cringeworthy. Is this kid tailbone or adult? Been kid, drinking too much? Okay. Kid tailbone. Okay. Yeah. I feel like that's the one thing where I'm like, oh, that was really... I will vividly remember that forever, just sinking to the bottom of the pool. Did someone have to come get you? Um, like, I think like so, jump yeah. in and rescue you? Yeah. Oh, look at you. I know. Uh, I'm going to give you one more. Hmm. A lot of good ones here. Mike hit me with some good ones today. <laughs> <laughs> what is the single worst episode in TV history? Um... 
I feel like it's got to be a murder she wrote. Like one of those. I feel like some of those get really cheesy. And Bria and I, my little sister, were watching one the other day. And I was like, this is just really bad. The old Angela Lansbury murder she wrote? Mm -hmm. Still watching those? Yeah. I guess maybe new to you. Very. They should remake that. They could remake that. They could. That's an interesting show to bring back. They yeah. bring back everything else. No, look at, look at this. We, we've been here an hour. We've done an hour. We have? Mike, where are we? Yeah. 55 minutes. 55 Ooh. minutes. Anything you'd like to conclude this interview with? Because a lot of new people are going to be exposed to you right now for the first time. What would you like to say to them? It's your stump speech. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Just... Just listen to my music if you want to. And if you don't, that's okay, too. Just have a good time. Just just have a great time. Just have a great time. All right. Uh, check out. Are you able to, and you can just say no. Are you able to mention to me what you mentioned to me before we started recording? Can I bring that up? Yeah, sure. Okay, cool. So today you went into your label or your management or where, where did label, you go do that? Yeah, I went into Warner. And what did you guys do? We picked songs that are going to be on my record at the top of next year which is really cool. Are they all cut? Like, they're, Or are they songs you're listening to work tapes and going, we're going to cut those? Um, all of them sound... Actually, probably five of them are pretty much done. And then the others I just want to reproduce because the demos, I wrote them like a while ago, so they sound a little older. So I just got to redo those. The Ladylike Tour is in the UK, September 16th through September 26th. Germany, Netherlands, Scotland. Ever been to those places? I have. Yeah, I played uh, the C2C Festival earlier this year over in Germany, London, and Glasgow. So, But I'm excited to go to Amsterdam. I'll be there on my birthday. Best place to be on your birthday. I don't know what I'm going to do, honestly, because I don't really smoke or anything. So I'll probably just go to the red light district and stare at people. And I thought you were saying get a prostitute. She was like, <laughs> she was like, I don't, she was like, I don't, I don't smoke, so I'm just going to yeah. get a prostitute. You know, I don't it's not really my thing, but listen, <laughs> the hookers. <laughs> that's where it's at. Oh, yeah, that's going to be my thing. Uh, playing ACL weekend one in October. Yeah, I've never been. Have you been? Oh, yeah. I live in Austin still, so yeah, um, yeah. it's my favorite, and you'll love it, and it's amazing. Every part of that whole thing is awesome. ACL's great. Austin's the best city. Um, and home to you, what city is home to you? Um, what do you say? Do you say Denver? Well, I say Highlands Ranch, and then people give me a weird look, and then I say Denver. Mm. Interesting. Okay, there it is. We have done it. You're, uh, Seth Meyers, cool to do? Yeah, really cool. I only got to play, because uh, normally they have you sing it, and then you have the option to do it again, because it's like pre-taped. Mm -hmm. And they only let me do it once, and I wanted to do it twice. Because it was so good, is that why? Yes. No, really. You just nailed it. They were like, that's perfect. Why would you do it again? Yeah, but I was pissed because you wait all day and then it's like three minutes and then it's over and I wanted to do it one more time. Your dream collaboration would be with who? Is this a quiz? Did I tell you already? I can't remember. Oh. Where would I? No. no huh? Oh, okay. I thought you were doing the recap thing of like. I don't you think have... you said that here. Oh, okay. Say it again. Maybe you did. Did she might? No. Go ahead. No. Okay. Dream collab. It must be every other interviewer that has, has this question. <laughs> I, we finally hit it. We We're ending it. on an insult. Go ahead. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, I feel like I'm really loving Louis Capaldi right now. He His voice is just so freaking good, and it sounds so emotional, and I feel like he would make any emotional song just the best. All right. We've done an hour. It's, it's been, oh, I told Mike before he came in, I was like, some new artists, they haven't, they don't really have 
their message yet. They don't know what to, not what to say, but they don't know what they're saying. There's a difference. Because mm-hmm. you can learn what to say. Who cares? Just say what you've been taught to say. But what you're saying is a whole different deal. And Mike and I were talking about it. I was like, sometimes we, people will come in if they're new and they don't really know what they're saying. But it's, it's, you, you know what you're saying. I like that. It's cool. Thank you. You're confident. It's good. It's refreshing. So uh, Ingrid Andrus, follow her at Ingrid Andrus on Instagram. You're the only Ingrid in country music too, I think. I think so. Do you yeah. get Ingrid Michelson though? Are people like, oh, Ingrid. Yeah, I'm, I'm always like, yeah, I'm the less famous Ingrid. Ingrid Andrus, uh, streamer, check it out. Good to talk to you. Yes, nice to talk nice to you. Nice to have you over here. And there we go. Episode 193 of the Bobbycast with Ingrid Andrus. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. In every pair of Tacova's boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. Tacova's boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they will last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tacova store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. Visit Tacova's.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. And don't go gently, y'all. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.